Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is a Jesus follower. He is a serial entrepreneur, an author, a keynote speaker, a Spain aficionado, and a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And he has a lot of accomplishments. Um, In 2005, he was laid off from a corporate banking job that he absolutely hated. He quickly found an m and painting with the last hundred bucks he had to his name, all the while being close to 200000 in personal debt. He grew that company quickly and has produced over $30 million in revenue since 2005. And he's received dozens of local, state, national, international business awards. And he was named um, one of Colorado Biz Magazine's top five most influential young professionals in 2010. He has been featured in publications such as Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, BBC, Fox Small Business, Huffington Post, U.S. News and World Report, and EO Overdrive. And he has founded six successful companies and grown them all from the ground up. So let us welcome Matt Schaub. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm good, Victor. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's uh, wonderful to have you on the show. And Matt, I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? So, you know, as a young kid, I was uh, born born and raised in New Jersey till I was 10. And then uh, we moved out to northern Colorado. And I asked my parents for a couple hundred bucks back in like 1990, 10, and for a boombox. I wanted to buy a big CD player. And they said, nah, we're not going to do that. We, uh, you know, you got to find a way to make your own money. So I took their lawnmower and walked down the street, knocked on doors and mowed lawns. And then that turned into shoveling snow, uh, peddling candy out of my school locker. So, I mean, really business gave me a sense of uh, purpose. You know, you could set a goal, accomplish it, get what you want. And I was good at it. That was really one of the, one of the things that gave me some, you know, some purpose and some confidence growing up. So I really just leaned into that and fast forward another 10 years. I'm at Colorado state university recruited by a college painting company. And I worked with them four years while I was at college and learned all about the residential repainting business and um, didn't think I'd stay in that business made a bunch of money, but I spent three times what I made. And uh, that, you know, fast forwards me a few more years to 2005. I'm working at a corporate mortgage banking job, um, not enjoying life or the job or anything about it. And they called me and fired me that day. So I got kicked out of the bank and fired and literally standing in a parking lot with all of my professional belongings in a banker's box, $100 left to my name. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a run at this business thing. And that's that's how it all started. No, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So uh, so you're originally a New Jersey boy right across the river from me in New York City. So it's awesome. It's send yeah, you guys yeah. moved to Colorado. You wanted a boombox. Your parents said no. So um, you get creative. <laughs> you didn't start, you know, you mm-hmm. didn't throw out separate tension. You said, what can I do? So you started mowing lawns, shoveling snow yep. and doing a bunch of other things. And that that really got you thinking, hey. And it gave you some confidence, made you realize you can you could you could find ways to make money, and you realize you, mm-hmm. so sometimes that no from your parents got you going on your journey. You know, sometimes if it's just yeah. all given to you, you can't figure these, these things out. So that that was a you know so the long term that helped you out a lot. And in college, you wound up working for a painting company for four years. Um, and fast forward to two thousand five, you had a corporate job that you absolutely hated. 
And trust me, there are many people who are in your position. And uh, and they fire you a day. They escort you out of the office uh, with all your belongings, which is what they normally do. And you were left with $100 to your name. And uh, from what I read from your profile, you had a lot of debt as well. So obviously, you started this new journey. But at the same time, I got to imagine it must have been very scary because you didn't have income coming in. So how did it feel? No, it must have been yeah. exciting, but was it also scary at the same time? You know, it's funny. The first emotions were definitely not excitement. So like I, I hate, I hated the job and the relief of going, Hey, I don't need to be in this job. That didn't come till a little bit later. I mean, I was angry and scared. Those were the, the two big emotions. I mean, I was really, I was really pissed. I'm like, how could you do this to me? And the way he fired me was, was really interesting. This new bank president calls me into the office and he says, put all your shit in a box, get out, you're fired. Like no humanity, no care, no concern, uh, for me or anything. Um, and then he said to me, maybe you should go do that painting thing like you did in college. So this real condescending, you know, smirky thing. So, you know, the initial knee jerk to that was getting super upset about it. And yeah, I just went out and had a lot to prove. And, you know, when that fear subsided, you know, I, I really said, Hey, you know, like for years, I've known how to go out and here's a number 30 days ahead of me or 60 days ahead of me that I need to meet and make. And I know how to do it. So yeah, I literally I drove home. I told my wife, she's like, you're home a little early, man. Like you, you having a early lunch today? I'm like, yeah, we're having a really long permanent lunch today. And uh, then I said, I've, you know, I've got some time left in the day. So went out, started knocking on doors and pounding the pavement. And yeah, we, we met those goals. I think I needed to make like three grand in 30 days back in 05. Um, and then once I started seeing results, that's when the excitement kicked in. I was like, man, I should have left the bank sooner and been doing this. <laughs> Got it. Uh, 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 thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, obviously, and, and, and that must have really stumped because, um, yeah, obviously, understandably, you were angry and you were scared. And um, you had a boss who came in and says, well, you know, after he fired in a very cold way, very condescending, he said, oh, maybe you should go do that painting thing you were doing before. <laughs> so, you probably had probably had a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, which is definitely understandable. Yeah. And, and yet, uh, you know, so yet, you know, these little short-term goals saying I need to make thirty, you know, three grand in thirty days, and you achieved it. After you did that a number of times, like you said, you started getting results, and you started getting excited because mm -hmm. I, I, I'm assuming this thing started feeling real for you because you're saying I did it. So you did yeah. it several times. The more you did it, the more you realize it's real. Because a lot of times, there's a big theory between. Mm -hmm theory and practice when you start achieving it was like saying wow i can do this i can do this for the long term i can have a career out of this make money take care of my family yes. so that must have been really awesome so so as you're getting started so you know in in those first couple of years obviously all entrepreneurs when they get started they have a lot of different challenges and adversity that they have to overcome what were some of the challenges you had to deal with in the first year or two you know, it was um, so it was within my own internal dialogue of, hey, I was successful working for this other company, right, with their name, their brand, their dime. Can I do this on my own? So there's just there's that self-doubt that creeps in. You know, I, I grew up in a really interesting environment where you know, I got bullied a lot growing up. Uh, you know, I was I was made to feel worthless a lot. There weren't a lot of things that gave me confidence. So I, I definitely what I what I lacked in confidence, I made up for in arrogance and attitude. So I, I, you know, I had a lot to prove to the world. But getting into the painting industry, it's not a very collaborative, uh, supportive of the competition type of industry. Everybody thinks that, you know, if person A gets a job, they're stealing it from person B. 
it's taking food off their table. So there was a lot of that. There was a lot of old school, long-term painters in the area. We went out and aggressively marketed and they didn't like that. So, you know, they would go out of their way to let me know that and um, try to make business difficult. And, you know, I'm 22, like I'm, I'm a super young kid at that point. So I think earning the respect and trust of other people, especially that were coming into work for me, as well as earning trust and respect of clients. They're like, look, you know, you just graduated. You just got out of school, man. You know, you're going to, I'm going to give you $5,000. You're going to take care of my biggest investment. So there were all of those challenges, but I, I love the challenge as well. So it really, there was always something to overcome every day. Oh, okay. That's some really good stuff there. So yeah. And this is, uh, this is a case with a lot of martial you get started that self doubt going through this, like, what are you saying to yourself? It's like, and a lot of times we're not even aware of it saying, can I really do this? Cause you know, you'd been not an employee yep. for a number of years. So you never went on. Well, you did as a little kid, but now I can say, can I really have my own business? And, and, and because you have the self doubt, which manifests itself in arrogance and attitude and you went into an industry painting, which the competition is not supportive of. They see you as a threat. And you said other painters did not like you. They hated the competition you got from it. And they told you straight out. And you were a young person. You were 22. And you know, a lot of people, I guess, you know, working for someone who's 22 is younger. And also these clients, these potential clients, I'm going to give you $5,000. You're only 22 years old. But you didn't, you didn't walk away from it. You saw that as a challenge. You saw, let me prove to you that I'm worth getting $5,000 to. So instead of like giving up, you took it as a challenge. So that, that's one thing. It's a lot of people, once adversity hits them, they tend, a lot of, some of them just give up. But those that do not give up, like in your case, they overcome it. And as a result, because you didn't give up, you took on the challenge. You've accomplished so many great things over the last, what, 18 years now? So, you know, it's, you know... Yeah. Well, next thing I want to ask you is because you know you've seen so much over the last two decades. Um, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes new entrepreneurs make when they first get started? Yeah, there's there's a couple. I mean, I know I definitely know the ones that uh, that I made. And you know, the biggest thing that I say to new business owners, entrepreneurs, is get get a mentor. So knowledge and learning, whether you learn theory in a book or you experience it, practice it in your business um, versus learning it from somebody else. There's a huge difference between the knowledge that you attain and gain and then the wisdom that you can learn from somebody else. Right. So like losing 50 grand of my own money, that really hurts. Learned a lesson for sure. But like, Victor, I'd rather I'd rather learn about how you lost 50 grand and how to not do it. it, it it's a it's a shortcut to success. So finding a mentor, find somebody that is five, 10 years, you know, whatever ahead of where you want to be and just reach out to them and ask them for help. Um, you know, when I started becoming successful and, and asking people for help, people would then reach out to me. And I think it's such a cool cycle. You know, somebody pours into you, you can then turn around and, and pour into them. So that's number one. Uh, number two is especially now in 2023, it wasn't as much like this in 05, but there's ways that you can market, get your message in front of people. We have this attention with things that are taking our attention in life. You have to interrupt somebody's attention and conversation with a message. And find one way to do that, one way, one technique, one method that's unique to you. It's different. It attracts that person and it and it stops them dead in their tracks. And do that 200, 300, 400 times and then measure the results. You know, you can't, you can't have a business. You can't deliver a product or service or make money with it until you attract a potential customer. 
So get really clear on who that customer is and don't try to do 15 different marketing tactics at once and then wonder why none of them work. Just pick one thing and go all in on it. And if it doesn't work, try the next thing. Um, Gosh. And then the third thing I would say, the biggest lesson looking back is things just take longer than you think. So be, be hard on yourself and expect excellence from yourself in, in that capacity, but don't be so hard on yourself if it's not happening right away. Things just take time and um, it'll happen in its own time. And just, you just keep working and remember you can only do so much in a day. Just take care of what you've got to take care of. That's right in front of you and then go to the next thing and the next thing. And those little things accumulate over time and make a big difference. No, definitely some good stuff there, Matt. Uh, you start off by telling him about getting a mentor. I agree. Every successful person has a mentor. And like you said, it's better to go to someone who's lost $50 who can teach you how not to lose it than to lose it yourself. Because So you want someone who's going to save you a lot of time, stress, frustration. Learn from their mistakes so you can minimize your mistakes. And a lot of people don't understand that. And they have to learn the hard way. So they make a lot of mistakes. They lose a lot of money. Because a lot of them don't want to invest in a mentor, but if you invest in that mentor, you put up the money up front. You, you whatever you pay him, say five thousand. But if he saves you twenty thousand, you made fifteen thousand dollars. People don't look at it. You yeah. got to see it as an investment in yourself. And and I like what you said. Find a way to get someone's attention. Figure out, find out who your ideal customer is, and find one thing. Don't do twenty-seven different things to try to get that customer. Mm -hmm. Find one thing, test it out, see if it works. If that doesn't work after a while. Try something new. Try a second thing. And that doesn't work, then do a third thing. But don't do 10 things at once because you, it's just, it's not going to work. And then, yeah. and, and, I, and your final thing is things take longer than you think. <clears throat> Be patient with yourself. There's a compound effect to all the little daily things you do. And the realization is great things take time. I remember one person told me a baby takes nine months to grow. It doesn't happen in one day. Yeah. Or even like when we were a farming society, Farmers understood you plant, you cultivate for a while, and then you harvest. The harvest takes a number of months. It doesn't, yeah. you don't, you don't yeah. harvest one day later. It takes time. And then you have to nurture, take care of the crops. And you got to do that with your business. But if you're patient, but if you're persistent, you're consistent, everything will fall into place. So, you know, that's definitely some, you know, really good stuff. Would you also say, because you mentioned about self-doubt, would you also say that uh, mindset and personal development is also very important? Huge. Yeah. You know, you, you talk about like a mentor um, and I had a lot of mentors that just invested in me. I'd buy them coffee or lunch, you know, and then I had coaches that I, that I paid, but a lot of that coaching and mentorship that, that I went through is a lot of personal and professional development. There's um, you know, something I'm sharing a lot with people now is that your business will only grow to the level that you do personally, right? So your business, it's only going to be as healthy as you are it's only going to be as good as your leadership is. So really understanding your story, where you come from, what you've been through, what kind of empowering beliefs you carry that can drive you forward in a good way, what kind of things are going to sabotage you. That's really good to know as well. And um, I didn't know that. I was just so, again, I was angry, arrogant, and I wouldn't say too stupid or just, just too naive to know that. And just kept driving forward without any regard for any of that. And that'll get you far, but not real far. Um, you can build a business by working harder, but you can't really scale a business and, and, and build permanently a business where you empower other people until you really dig in on your, on your leadership. And, and that's something that a lot of businesses are missing.
No, I definitely agree. Uh, your business will grow to the extent and level that you do. So the more you grow, the more your business will grow. And like you said, yeah. you develop that leadership, you're able to scale better. You, de you develop yourself as a leader and you can inspire and you know influence and impact other people. So definitely some really good stuff here. So now I have a question for you because you've accomplished so much now uh, over the last almost two decades. Um, you you have six companies, you have this great family, you have this great life that you enjoy. How are you able to balance all that? I mean, for a lot of people, it's like one company is more than enough. You're able to do six. How do you balance all that and still have a great life? I'm sure a lot of people like saying, I want to do what he does. Yeah, and whether you have one, six, I mean, I know, I know a guy with, with 30 and I feel like he's more balanced than me. You know, I do tell people, I think balance is a little bit of a myth. There's there's times like when I when I'm launching a company or I have a, a season within a company um, or, or or something or competing in a jujitsu tournament right I'm training I'm going to be spending extra time doing this and the family knows that the family's okay with that they support that we're all on the same page so being very intentional with your time is very important I have a color coded calendar that is very intentionally scheduled with the things that are important at that time. You know, whether that's for the day, the week, the quarter, the year, whatever the season is. So very intentional with it. And the other thing, too, is like none of these businesses would be anything without the people that that run them and operate them. Um, really focusing on recruiting and bringing amazing people onto the team, giving them a great role and giving them the rope to do their job and then not micromanaging them like crazy, like I used to, um, is very important. And then and then them up right investing in these people pouring into these people to make their life better and um yeah that's why i can sit here at 2 30 on a thursday afternoon with you because i know everybody in all the companies they're doing what they need to be doing awesome i love that yeah thanks so much and yeah so it's a i agree it's a little bit of a, of a myth there are times where it gets really hectic and but you you know what you you mentioned something important you let your family know hey during next week i'm going to be focused on doing this it's going to be an intense week you know, so you know, I won't be as available as I normally am. But after it's over, I'm back here. So as long as they understand, yeah. they're, 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 every family is going to be very accepting of it. And there are going to be times you're very essential yeah. with your time. And um, and like you said, I like what you said. It's it's also you have to have good people. You you have to delegate yeah. stuff. You focus on the things you're good at and everything else you can give to other people. You know, so you have people mm -hmm. doing the, the – the, you know, so that's the thing. If you try to do everything – yourself you're going to get overwhelmed the all, very successful people yeah. they find people that are good at the other things and that businesses will run smoothly that's why you can run five ten twenty or you know the guy you yeah. told me about 30 companies because he's not doing he's not doing every single thing in the 30 companies and you mentioned something about micromanage i just came, a, came across a, a quote in linkedin which made me which uh made me think about what you just said it says here a boss who micromanages is like a coach who wants to get in the game Leaders guide and support, then sit back and cheer from the sidelines. Totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so and, and let and let your player get tackled or sacked. You know, let them make the wrong decision and then cheer them on because they made the decision and they went and played the game. Um, you just, you know, you want to come in and like be the savior all all the time. A good good buddy of mine uses an example of uh, we have uh, superhero syndrome as entrepreneurs. We have the answer. We can fix this. We can make this right. We swoop in like. Superman and save the day on paper, right? But you you wreck the town and and everybody's morale around you while you're doing that uh, when they were supposed to be doing that and and at least figuring that out. So, um, yeah, that really opened my eyes when I heard that analogy. This about a year ago that I that I heard this, and um, I'm very conscious of that. So, 
Yeah, no, I like that. We we all fall into that sometimes, the superhero syndrome, trying to save the day, trying to do everything for them, but let them figure out, let them make the mistakes, cheer them on, and let them figure out. Because here's the thing, they're going to get frustrated after a while if they can't do anything on their own. When they feel that sense of accomplishment that they've done something, that they made a difference, it makes them feel better, makes them feel a part of the team. And if you and if you don't let them do that, it's going to be very frustrating. So I'd like to ask a couple other things about some of the things you like to do. Number one is, uh, uh, you know, you, this Brazilian jitsu journey that you've gone to. So tell me more about it. How is yeah. it? Uh, how does it relate to your business of leadership? Because I know a lot of people who do uh, similar stuff, and it's impacting them greatly in their business. So you mind talking a little <laughs> bit more about that? Yeah, you know, as just with my my personal upbringing, you know, I said back back in my early twenties was was pretty angry, upset, and arrogant. Had a lot to prove, you know, puffed up and puffed out to everybody. And uh, I, I walked into a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu academy back in two thousand seven. You know, two hundred pounds of pure muscle, ego, attitude, and um, you know, I said, "Hey, I want to try class." And this this little guy comes up and pats me on the back, and he goes, "Hey, you know, go out there on the mats with this." kid over here i'm like what this kid he's half my age he's half my size and i said what am i supposed to do out there and they said well just do what these other guys are doing and he points over to a couple of guys that are grappling they're, they're doing jujitsu then he's like you know you grab them you put them on the ground you, you pin them down and then you either choke them or you put them in an arm lock or something like that and i go oh sounds easy enough right so i jump out onto the mats and this kid just proceeds to just beat the crap out of me um jumps on top of me he's choking me he's cranking my arms i'm tapping out i'm crying and that that experience i mean it definitely changed my entire perspective on how to approach a situation how to approach confrontation and as i i instantly fall in love right not too many people would go get beat up and then want to come back and do it again but i did i was hooked and i've been training ever since but yeah, the lessons you learn in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and how they apply to leadership and life and business is you the environment is you get put under this insane amount of physical, psychological pressure where somebody's literally like they're constricting the blood to your brain. They're trying to break a limb and you see how far you can go. And then when it's just about too far, you tap out and reset. But every time you do that, you can just go a little bit further. So it really tests your patience and just just your ability to relax in a high stakes, high pressure situation, right? Because business owners, we we have a high stakes engagement. What do we want to do? We just want to drive in there, kick the door down. It's like, no, you don't want to do that. You're gonna get you're you're gonna get submitted pretty quickly. Um, so it just helps. It's it's an outlet. Um, I think just as a man, it's a it's a great tool to have that I hope I never get to use. It's like really great to be able to protect your family and the people you love and. I've, I've had the opportunity to use it outside the academy in legitimate situations where I've got to defend myself or somebody, and it's very effective. So, um, yeah, I think it's really calmed me down. It's given me a peace, and it's been really cool to teach to my kids and other kids. Um, I got severely bullied growing up, like beat up, same girl on the playground every day in New Jersey, just kicking my ass every day. And um, I didn't have tools. I didn't know how to handle it. And um, to be able to give that to kids is is priceless. Awesome. That's some really good stuff here. So you shared the story. You went in. The guy said, fight this little young kid who's like half your size. And you're like, oh, I'll take care of any beat the crap out of you. <laughs> but uh, you learned something from there, you know, about confrontation and how to deal with it. And you went back for some more. And it taught you a lot about dealing with physical and psychological pressure. And it says to your patience. 
And obviously it helped you to learn how to defend yourself and your family, which is good. But another thing he mentioned is it taught you to be more patient and it also taught you to calm yourself down. You were a much angrier person. You were bullied. So I can imagine there was a lot of anger in you when you were young from all the bullying you got from that growing other people. But most people who I talk to have done some sort of martial arts. It tells they, they don't go out and beat people. Like you said, they you, you hope you never have to use it. They, it finds that I have found that the vast majority has made them calm. It makes them try to avoid confrontation even more. Yeah. But if they're forced into, they know how to defend themselves. They, but because they know the damage they can inflict on others, they try to avoid it. But it's taught, taught them a lot more patience and made them a lot more calm. So definitely some really good stuff. Mm -hmm. And definitely something you said, business leaders can definitely learn how to use in their business. Um, the other, Another thing you love to do is you have a passion for Spain and Spanish coffee. So you might okay. talk a little bit about that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So when I was about 20 years old, I'm at Colorado State University, and one of my degrees was Spanish. It was a minor, and I was minoring in Spanish. I'm in a Spanish culture class. And a professor of mine, she'd come up to me just about every day, and she's like, you need to go to Spain. You need to go travel, study abroad. You'll love my country. And she's just like almost harassing me every day. Uh, she's still a great friend of mine to this day. And, you know, I just one day I, I said, you know what, let's do it, and signed up, got the passport, got the visa, literally packed everything up. Two months later, I'm 5,000 miles across the world in a culture with a language. I mean, everything's new. Talk about being out of your comfort zone, right? And just just, just being under pressure and stress and uh, totally fell in love with it. I was there five months. I lived right outside Madrid and traveled all over the country. And then uh, after returning from Spain, I go back there every year and I take one of my kiddos, I'll take the whole family. And uh, now I'm actually running leadership retreats over in Spain. So I take small business owners and leaders over. We're going to go in September and hike part of the Camino de Santiago. We're going to do a 70 mile hike over six days. So yeah, I just, I love sharing the culture with people and they've got amazing coffee and that's always fun to drink all day. <laughs> well, that's some really good stuff there. So you minored in, in it when you were in college and you went on a trip you spent five months there. You traveled all over. Obviously, it, it left quite an impression on you. And you've been going back every year. You take your family with you. And you do leadership retreats there now. So uh, definitely, it's a great place for you know people, you know business leaders to come with you. And also explore explore a different culture and have some really good coffee at the same time as well. So sounds like a yeah. lot of fun. And you, know, you learn and get better as well. Um, so bef as we're getting close to the end of this interview, are there any last minute tips you'd like to share with our audience, you know, about being an entrepreneur, being successful? Yeah, is, uh, be, be proud of your story and whatever you come from. Uh, I, I wrote a, I wrote a book that I just released. It's called painted baby, and it's about connecting with clients through brave and vulnerable storytelling. So, you know, we live in a world where perfection is peddled and pushed and everybody thinks that. That's what everybody wants to see in you and your business story. But but some of your most powerful stories and the deepest ways that you can connect with people is when you share a moment of failure, vulnerability, screwing something up, falling down, not hitting a goal. So I meet a lot of entrepreneurs that they come from a background where, you know, there's um, skeletons in their closet or they were told they couldn't be something because of something that they did or something that happened to them. And, you know, there's power in that story and overcoming that. So really lean into that and um, don't don't be afraid to engage in that story with people. No, I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, be proud of your story. Be vulnerable. Share what you went through. You have some skeletons in your closet, some failures. 
you know, because we, if you have some failures, things that happened to you that, that were not good, but you overcame them and you succeeded, a lot of people will say, wow, if this person can overcome that, I can overcome that too. They can relate to it. But if everything's perfect in your life, people say, I can't do what he did. But I, but if yeah. you say, I screwed up this, I did this, I did this, I was in jail, I, I got out, and I became a successful mm -hmm. multimillionaire, they'll say, wow, he was in prison for two years, and he overcame it, or he was homeless for a year, or you were $200,000 yep. in debt, and then you overcame it, and, and you know, you, you've had all this great success, you built six startup businesses from scratch, and you're traveling to Spain every year, so, you know, you were going through a really tough time as well, you were fired for a job you hated, the boss was very condescending to you, you were bullied, so... You definitely have things that other people have gone through. There are plenty of people, for example, who've been bullied, so they can identify with you. You overcame it. You had anger issues, but now you're a much calmer person. You're more patient. You're very successful. So, you know, I agree. Share your story because it can inspire other people, and they can relate to you because they can say, wow, he did it. I can do it. So I definitely agree. And I and I can tell you, I love the stories of hearing people who overcome all kinds of adversity and were very successful. It is inspiring to me and inspiring to a lot of other people. So listen, Matt, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you on. You share a lot of great tips, a lot of great value, a lot of great wisdom, a lot of great wisdom. And if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, best way is just go to my website. It's uh, mattshaup.com. Awesome. All right, Matt, thanks again for being on the show and have yourself an amazing day. You too. And thanks, Thank Victor. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.